Welcome back to Indie Ball Nation. That's right. Hey, come here. Get close. Get close. Get close. Hey, we're talking baseball again. That's right. Talking baseball. We have a ton to catch up on after a wild week of wild things, man. Whether it's off-field accusations or shell company accusations or newscasters arguing with me on Twitter. I'm so glad to be talking baseball again. It's just better. Life is better that way. Uh, So we have a lot to catch up on, though. I didn't do any daily recaps, so we're just going to do a week recap right here, right now. Uh, we're going to skip some things just because I have to prep for tonight's recording of Indie Ball Report. Um, that's going to drop on Saturday, by the way. Keep an eye on that one. I'm sure there will be some interesting conversation there on the events of the past week. But what we're going to do, I'll just do a brief run-through of all the action in the Core 4 leagues uh, for now. And then after the weekend, I'm going to do a weekend recap. And I'll include in there, I'll include some things I can't get to today. The USPBL and Empire League playoffs, as well as whatever chaos going on in the Pecos League. As usual, I see Austin still has not won. They're down to like a 33-game losing streak, which might be getting to a record. So we'll keep an eye there. All right, let's hop in the Atlantic League. We'll just do it. Straight like that. We'll go Lancaster at High Point. How about it? Lancaster came into High Point. They ripped a 9-3 win on Tuesday night. The Barnstormers hit nine doubles. Five of them drove in runs. That'll help That'll help you out. Uh, Jeff Bain, he gets the win for Lancaster. While Cordero collects three hits and three RBI. There's a Bain joke in there somewhere. Don't know what it is. We'll circle back in about five days when he pitches again. Uh, on Wednesday, Quincy Lattimore returned from a knee injury. Love to see it. He struck out three times. We hate to see it. And then he launched a Brandon Sittinger 2-1 sinker out to left. Blowing up a 4-1 tie for uh, on the way to a 7-4 Rockers win. We'd love to see it. Big Q's back. Love that, man. Uh, game three, Barnstormers would manage to shut down the Rockers offense on that Thursday game. Uh, that They went on the way to a 4-1 win. They take the series. Brent Teller was dealing. Nothing you can do about that. Toss a six and a third. Allows just one run. Bullpen finished the job. Strikes out five over two and two-thirds of work. That'll work. Go, Penn. Okay. The Rockers have a weird off day Friday before playing three against Spire City. Lancaster heads home to play Staten Island. I wonder if that Spire City thing is a whole, like, Frederick Key home game thing. I don't know. That's a different issue entirely. Let's head to Charleston where they're taking on the York Revolution. York opens a 10-game homestand with a tough 5-3 loss on Tuesday. The headliner here was two delays for a broken mound, totaling 45 minutes of stoppage. Again, turf mounds should be illegal. I hate it. Um... Telvin Nash, he walked off his former team with a two-run homer in the 10th. Talk about a bad way to start a 10-way, 10-game road trip, by the way. Uh, hit that off of Nick Parker in his first pro outing. Brutal scene there. The Revolution racked up 13 runs on 17 hits Wednesday, getting some revenge. They win a game that was 4-4 to in the 6th. They win it by a score of 13-4. That escalated quickly. Uh, Rivero and Nunez, they both homer, while York's pen combined for three scoreless one-hit innings of work. Okay. Charleston, they would strike back, and they take this series over the Revs, winning 11-5. Perez, Melbauer, and Smith Jr. all homer in the win. Charleston will now welcome Southern Maryland, while York heads to Lexington. Gastonia and Staten Island. Gastonia, they have continued to do an admirable admirable job ignoring the off-the-field drama to find some success. The Honey Hunters take two out of three, winning the bookends 10-2 and 17-5. Yikes. With an 8-3 Ferryhawks win sandwiched in the middle of that thing. Turbo, Gonzalez, Santa, Corbello, Jarrett, Peralta, and Manea, they all homer in this series. Gunner Kynes was slinging it Tuesday. 11K, 6, scoreless, love that. Gastonia retakes a half-game lead in the South's second half, and talking Gunnar Kynes, they're going to need that guy to keep rolling like that if they want to compete with that high-point team. Gastonia, they will stay in New York to play Long Island while Staten Island heads to Lancaster. Spire City at Long Island. Finally, Long Island manages to sweep the Ghost Hounds on Long Island. 3-0, 10-5, 6 
five. Tuesday's game was shortened after an early rain delay. I don't know about that. I always feel weird about the delayed start straight into a seven-inning game. Long Island seems to have a lot of those. That's a different can of worms. An eight-run third inning carried the Ducks to a win on Wednesday, and then it was a five-run fifth. That was enough for Spiracy to get to extras on Thursday, but not enough to avoid the walk-off wild pitch in the 10th inning to end just a brutal series for them. Southern Maryland went to Lexington. Southern Maryland sweeps the counterclocks in Lexington 7-5, 6-3, 11-7. Two ninth-inning runs break a tie Tuesday. Three ninth-inning runs break a tie Thursday. And 11 runs between the 5th and 6th inning spoil a 6-0 Lexington head start on Thursday. Uh, yeah, it was on Thursday, I guess it was. Lexington has now lost 12 in a row and are 1-15 in the second half. But Tom Stillard now has 30 home runs, by the way. He's well up. He's a 4 home runs up in the lead. I think right now. Uh, if you just do it simply by games played, he's on pace for 47.85 homers, which is relevant because the record shared by Ozzy Canseco and Courtney Hawkins is 48. So keep an eye on that one. Uh, finally, let's head over to the American Association. So I thought I had one more game there. I can't count to five. That's difficult for me. All right. Looking at interleague first, we got Lincoln at Milwaukee. Game one, Tuesday night. Milwaukee hangs 17 on the Salt Hogs for a football score 17-8 win. Headlined by a second inning Roy Morales grand slam. How about the salami? Kicking off a back-to-back-to-back series of dong shots. The milkmen were ringing doorbells. Feel me? Cam Belego, he added a three-run homer on an eight Home run night for the milkmen. Drink your milk, kids. The milkmen would walk off Lincoln all Wednesday for a 6-5 to five win. Drew Devine, he's so fine. Homer's in that one on an early Milwaukee for the early Milwaukee lead, but it took two milkmen runs in the ninth inning just to force extra innings. But from there, two 11th inning runs would not be enough for Lincoln as they blow their second lead of the night and Milwaukee walks it off. Uh, finally, Game 3, Milwaukee completes the sweep last night. Ryan Zimmerman, that man looks solid on the bump like usual, and the Milwaukee Milkmen rode four runs in the third, three runs in the fourth to an 8-3 to three win. Elsewhere, Kane County at Kansas City. Uh, Todd Lott, he mashed a long homer to kick things off for Kane County in a four-run first on Tuesday night, but Kansas City would storm back, taking a 5-4 to four lead in the fourth. But Todd Lott was not finished. He homers a lot, homering twice more, leading Kane County to a very entertaining 8-7 to seven win. Second three-run, uh, three-home run night of the American Association season. Game two on Wednesday night, it was C.J. Eldred getting nasty on the bump for the Cougars. Seven shutty, strikes out seven. Jimmy Kerrigan homered late to complete a 7 nothing Kane County win. Sevens were wild for the boys there. Kane County in game three takes an early 5-1 lead. Kansas City narrows that gap, uh, led by a Justin Wiley cycle. Yes, I watched this game while working yesterday. I had to pack up and head home just an inning before he tripled to complete the feat. Classic Ryan Luck. Kane County still completes the sweep despite giving up the cycle, winning 6-5. to five. Looking at the West Division for a little bit here, Fargo at Sioux Falls. Alec Olin, he had a big night at the dishes. Fargo jumps Sioux Falls for an 8-2 win Tuesday. Five scoreless innings from the pen secures the bag for those Redhawks. On Wednesday, Mike Hart homers to give Sioux Falls a 2-1 lead after an early Fargo run, but it would not be enough as Andy Grobdahl, he had a three-run bomb and snuck it over the little funky right field fence that they got there in right center, giving Fargo a 6-5 lead. The Canaries weren't done as Hunter Clannon chipped his own little homer over, uh, tying it at 6, but that would just set the stage for then the go-ahead Osvaldo Martinez sack fly as the Canaries get that 7-6 win. Sioux Falls clinches the series the next night, walking it off on a Jordan Barth walk-off blast for a 7-5 win Thursday. Fargo can't take advantage of the Monarchs getting swept. They are still four and a half back in the division. 
Looking over at Lake Country, who took on Chicago in Chicago. Tuesday night, Josh Altman homers in a Chicago Dogs win. Classic. 7-2 Dogs win in Game 1. Dogs jump out early on Wednesday for a 3-0 lead. They extend that puppy to 7-3. Dogs win again. Chicago hold off a 4-run ninth inning. Push from Lake Country on Thursday, completing the sweep with a 6-4 win. Cole Aker looked good on the bump in a brief but solid start for Chicago. You'd like to see that for him. Hopefully he gets a cooking for the Dogs in uh, the stretch run here. Uh, let's stay in the West. How about it? We'll go Sioux City against Winnipeg. Sioux City comes back from 8-0 down just to fall short in a 9-8 loss Tuesday night. Saw some turf mound delays for 10 minutes in this one as well. Turf mound should be illegal. Fight me about it. It was Sioux City scoring first in Wednesday night's game. However, Winnipeg would score 10 unanswered to finish a 10-3 win. Thursday, it would be Luis Ramirez's one-run 6 inning performance leading Winnipeg to a 3-2 win and another sweep on this American Association slate. Finally, back to the East, we'll take the uh, battle of the rails, the Railcats and Railroaders. How about it kicked off a six-game set on Tuesday in Texas? Mark Caraviotis, he has a damn night. Three doubles, a triple, a home run, five ribbies, and Cleburne still falls 10-9. to Cleburne would once again score nine runs on Wednesday. This time, they'd get it done thanks to Kevin Hilton dealing, making it worth their while in a 9-1 to win. Gary's offense, though, would strike back Thursday, coming from behind twice in a 10 Seven win. That series continues this weekend. Keep an eye there. Looking at the Frontier League, we've got, where do we want to start here? How about we start in the East? We got New York at Sussex County. That was a good one. Big series in the East. Both teams just barely outside the playoff picture entering the week. Tuesday night, Mark Moclair handled business on the mound for the Miners. Seven and a third, two hits, shut piece in a five to nothing win. Tyler Lunecki, he slammed the door, striking out all three batters he would face in the ninth inning for Sussex County. Even with the series flipping uh, its location up to Pomona for the middle game, it was still Sussex County on Tuesday as Oraj Anu and Gavin Stupianski homers combined uh, with, whoo, what we got here? Oh, my notes still, sorts of wild stuff. We're going to keep it in here. I'm not editing this out. We're fine. Uh, Stupianski homers combined with another good series of outings on the mound. That's right. They just strung together a great game on the bump there. The Myers did 9-2 to win. And then finally, back in Sussex on Thursday, the Miners roll again for a 7-1 to win. A sweep in the Frontier League, a big sweep, too, for the Miners trying to get back in it, holding the Boulders to just three runs on 15 hits over all three games. Let's keep rolling. How about some interleague life? Titans at Boomers on Tuesday. Big nights at the plate for Jason DiCoccia and Taylor Wright supplied the Titans offense, but it was not enough as four late runs grabbed the Boomers a 7-5 win. Schaumburg chipped away on Tuesday, dumping. Uh, but on Wednesday, they were dumping six runs into the third inning and then rode a big Luis Perez start to a 6-2 win. A four-ribby night for DiCoccio still wouldn't overcome a big showing at the plate for Schaumburg as the Boomers complete the sweep Thursday 10-6. Uh, a lot of sweeps this week. Uh, it didn't really occur to me until I'm reading it all in one shot. I'm like, damn, boys, a lot of sweeps here. Boomers sent 23 runs across in these three games, and they did not even need a home run to do it. How about the boys all chipping in? They are now just one game behind Gateway in the West in the battle for the division and for the playoff bye. Uh, let's swing to interleague. We've got the Jackals at Wild Things and a good one. The Jackals went to Washington trying to keep pace with the red-hot Quebec Capitals in the East. On Tuesday, they would ride eight innings shutty from Dylan Castaneda plus Nelson Barnum and Roland home runs. I mean, that's obvious to a 4-2 win. Though, it is worth noting Lance Lusk had his second rough outing in about a week, so let's keep an eye on that. He was maybe the best reliever in the league. Now he seems to be struggling a bit, so they got to get that right. Jorge Devera strikes out eight in a complete game shutout for a 4-0 Jackals win on Wednesday, looking nasty. Washington's offense, though, would wake up 
in time to salvage Game 3 as Anthony Bricado, he uh, singled to walk off a 7-6 to win. New Jersey is now a game and a half above Sussex for that final playoff spot in the East. Stay in interleague, Joliet at Tri-City. Tri-City was also in hot pursuit of Quebec as they just bullied Joliet in this one, winning 14-5, 9-3, 8-3 in the sweep. Uh, Tuesday saw Palvin, uh, Pavin Parks, Juan Kelly, Ian Walters, Jackson Hallmark, and Jacob Goldfarb all going deep throughout this series. I mean, Valley Cats relievers were just nasty. Covering 10 and a third innings allowed just one run. It was unearned on eight hits, allowing two walks while striking out 15. Count them up. Also in interleague, Quebec at Florence. Why not? Quebec enters on a 14-game heater. Made it 15 on Tuesday with a five-run fourth, a seven-run eighth. That'll help out another strong Abdel Salana uh, start combined for a seven, a 13-4 win. However, Florence broke it out for 17 runs on 23 hits. Jesus, Florence. Huge 17-4 win, breaking the streak for Quebec on Wednesday. But Quebec got it started again on Thursday. 6-5 win thanks to a late Ruben Castro two-run bomb. Quebec now leads the East by a half game over Tri-City and a game and a half over Jersey. Windy City scores first in all three games but still gets swept by division-leading gateway. 7-4-7-6-12-7. Brutal break for Windy City. Things were rocky early on Tuesday for Zach Ryan, but he would settle in. He allowed zero runs on three hits in his final six innings of work for Gateway. That would allow that Grizzlies offense to do what it does best, getting the 7-4 win. Paul Kamalaus, Junior Martina, and Carson Matthews, they uh, all homer on Wednesday for Windy City, but they were not able to make it stick uh, as they took the lead in the ninth but would get walked off by a Peter Zimmerman two-run shot. And then finally, a six-run sixth and four-run eighth sealed the series sweep on Thursday for Gateway. Two more on the frontier. You got Evansville at Lake Erie. Uh, Tuesday, on Tuesday, it was home runs from Jandito Trump, uh, Todd Isaacs, and Jared Watkins boosting the Crushers to a 6-4 to four win. Lake Erie kept it rolling on Wednesday, scoring 13 runs on 14 hits and a 13-8 to eight win. And lastly, Evansville would salvage Game 3 as Braden Scott struck out 9 in a 10-2 to Otters win Thursday. So hopefully they can carry that into the weekend if you're a Otters fan. Last but not least, well, kind of least, let's be honest about this. Empire State got swept by Trois-Rivières, which is, you know, how you know things aren't going well when Trois-Rivières is running it down on you. Uh, the Grays scored seven. Uh, the Grays scored in seven innings that had a bottom half. So follow me. They scored in seven different innings that were not the top of the ninth, essentially and immediately allowed runs in the bottom half of six of those seven. If you're looking for what the issue is with Empire State right now, it's just the pitching can't hang. That's worn out. It's hard to get new arms in there, and they're just getting worked currently. So even with the offense, actually pretty solid. It's just they can't get that momentum cooking. All right, let's wrap this thing up with the Pioneer League, heading to the South Grand Junction at Rocky Mountain. Grand Junction and Rocky Mountain opened up a six-game home-and-home series. First three were in Rocky Mountain. Uh, on Tuesday, the Vibes hung nine on the Jackalopes bullpen, holding off a late push to grab a 13-9 win. The Vibes offense would stay hot on Wednesday, sandwiching 10 straight runs between single Jackalopes runs in the first and eighth for a 10-2 win. Zach Ottinger delivered six innings of zero earned run to hit ball. Okay, Zach, get it. Grand Junction got one back, though, on Thursday, coming back from a 4-0 deficit and scoring 6 of the ninth on the way to a 7-4 win. A really good Blaine Traxel outing goes to waste for the vibes. You hate to see it. Help him out, boys. Uh, Boise at Ogden in the south again. 
On Tuesday, it was Boise dropping five late runs on the Raptors to secure an 8-5 win. They would then mash their way to 11-4 win with four homers on Wednesday. Ogden would salvage Game 3. It's hard to keep that team down. Uh, they salvaged that thing. They were down 4-1 to one in the 8th, walking it off for a 5-4 win. Uh, unfortunately, that would waste, talk about wasted outings, that would waste a good, strong outing from Alex Smith for Boise again. You hate to see it, especially those hard-fought good outings in the Pioneer League. It's not easy to put them together. Uh, looking up to the north for a little bit, on Tuesday, Karan Patel and Trevor Jackson were dealing despite the wind blowing out. They teamed up to push Billings over Great Falls in the first game of their set with a 5-1 to one win. Great Falls that would get Billings back with a wild one. Nine lead changes, five ties on Wednesday. Eventually, they would walk it off on a Charlie Hess double to overcome six errors. I'm bizarre. Now, how about that? Six errors and you win? That's an escape. That You got to, I mean, feel good about it, right? Hey, all that. We still got the dub. Love it. Thursday night, saw another banger as Anthony Heron Jr. won a knockout round battle to complete a Voyager's comeback from 10 to 5 down in the fifth inning. They would make that happen. I think he needed two... No, I think you just need one to get that one done. Um, elsewhere in the north, you had Missoula at Glacier. Banger of a series. Keaton Greenwalt's two-homer Tuesday led Missoula to an 8-4 to win in Game 1. Wednesday's matchup would head to the knockout round tied at 3. In that knockout round, it was Dean Miller. He's the one who put two over the wall. I remember now. Uh, he would claim the range rider victory in that one. But there would be no such drama on Thursday. Missoula explodes for 16 runs on 21 hits, 7 homers, in a 16-1 to route of Glacier. Alfredo Villa, he pitched seven shutout innings, striking out 12. How about it? Gross. Dude, paddleheads will be any which way. Last one of this recap. Idaho Falls in Northern Colorado. Idaho Falls drops the first three games out of this six-game series in Northern Colorado. They lost game one Tuesday in spectacular fashion, 24-4, allowing an RBI from every lineup spot. They then lost game two, 12-6, making it in these first two games, 36 runs allowed on 40 hits. Good Lord, Idaho Falls. Last but not least, Game 3, it was just 4-1, to one, so it got better, but they did lose. Uh, Mark Tindall was dealing for the Owls, a much-needed strong start for him. We'll see how that proceeds into the weekend, and if Idaho Falls can steal anything back at home. That's what we got. It was a lot to go over. I mean, hey, it was three times as much action as we normally do in these daily recaps, so that was a lot. Keep an eye on the Indie Ball Report episode, which is scheduled to drop tomorrow. Should be a lot of fun. Thanks for all the support on the other uh, video about Gastonia. I'm sure we'll talk about that at some point, but I don't really feel like dealing with it right now. Uh, until next time, I am Ryan from Indie Ball Report. Subscribe, follow. It's a mess. Y'all have a good one. I may not have a lot, but I love what I got. A four by four and a good fishing spot. I hope this time my card won't decline.